0: Polo people, welcome to another edition of the Northside Polo Podcast. I'm Gavin, here with my friends and my teammates. We'll start it off today with Liam.
1: Hey, yeah, number one. <laughs> and also Alex. Hey, what's up?
0: How are you two doing this week? It's been two weeks since our last episode came out. I'm sure the people want to know. Uh, Liam, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm a little bit sore these days because I've been, uh, well, I would say sort of training for bike polo. I, I started a job as a bike courier. Uh, that is the original training for bike follow (laughs) yeah and so uh I've been uh riding around the plateau a lot and up and down hills and uh yeah it's been an adjustment but uh I'm loving it the weather's sort of uh it was really cold when I first started and now it's sort of warmed up so I'm enjoying the nicer uh pleasant temperatures
2: I feel like becoming a bike messenger in the winter is the way to do it because if you can survive, if you can like make it work in the winter, then like the summer is going to be so
1: great, right? Yeah, exactly. It's only going to get better.
0: That's in Montreal weather though, like they don't only get a little bit of snow in Montreal, they get a
1: dumping of snow.
0: You got to be a (laughs) warrior out there.
1: Yeah, well, it's not that the snow is all right, but it's just the absolute frigid cold. Like it was down to minus 30 some nights and I'll be honest, I dodged the worst of it just with the scheduling. But like, yeah, it's just just brutal being out there. There's no way to stay I mean, I'm sure there's some way to stay warm. Your eyelids are freezing shut and you're like, "Oh my god." Yeah. You're joking
0: about that, right? Your eyelids aren't actually literally freezing. Well, it's like, down. you
1: know, if you, you know, when you, that feeling, you close your eyes and you open it, and then it's like, there's that sort of stickiness, you know?
0: Dude, in so
2: all seriousness, cold. freezing, like I used to do uh, cross country ski racing in minus 30, you have to be really careful about freezing eyeballs. It, it does happen, <laughs> especially yeah. when you're moving like on a bike or on skis, like you have to have glasses or something on. Cause like that direct cold air, people freeze their eyeballs in their, in their skulls like it it actually happens
1: and uh just for for
2: context to our american listeners minus 30 celsius is minus 22 fahrenheit so that's the that's the temperature liam's talking
0: about here riding his bike around
2: it's frozen
1: it's a fun job i'm sure
0: it is and it's great
1: exercise and great bike polo training yeah i mean this is the first time i actually ride i've ridden fixed for for a longer period of time so that's always uh,
0: nice and alex how about you how you been doing
2: i'm doing really well i uh I pioneered, I think, well, I want to think, I think that I pioneered a new shot. I want to say that I pioneered a new shot. I've, uh, I've showed you guys and you don't think it's anything original. I showed Elias and, uh, he said he's been doing it for a couple years. So maybe I'm not so much a pioneer, but, uh, I've been working on a new shot. I've been in the lab, you know, doing some of that North side's innovation. And I think I'm onto something pretty
0: special here. Well, don't leave us in suspense here. What are you talking about?
2: So what I'm talking about is it's uh, it's like scooping the ball off your forehand and then flicking it over my front wheel. But then instead of just fully scooping it into the net, at the last second, you slow down, let a little bit of separation open up between the ball and the mallet, and then you just tap it that last second. So it's basically a forehand scoop into the net, but then at the last second, you get a tap.
0: Okay. So you get the shot off. I mean, I think I've seen people do this before though, especially on breakaways that little like scoop up the tap move. What's different about this?
2: So I've seen it before where people like scoop and then they flick the ball in the air and then they actually do like a separate motion with their wrist for the shot, which that makes it like really clear that like, it's a shot. They didn't just scoop it into the net. This is like, almost impossible I don't think a referee would ever be able to know that I didn't just scoop it in the net like this is like one seemingly smooth motion like I sent you guys a video in like extreme slow motion and you can barely see the ball separate from the mallet like 100% every single team if I ever score a goal like this in a tournament everyone's just gonna call it a scoop like I'm gonna have to be I'm gonna be fighting tooth and nail for this to count in any event but it's technically I think it's legal it's totally legal
1: you're gonna get video assisted replay then to prove yeah. that it's actually a goal.
2: <laughs> well, I'll start. I'll start playing uh, tournaments with the GoPro on. You know, get that. Uh, I'll be yeah. able to prove it. It might not count in the game, but I can be like, see, it should have. It should have counted. I was right.
1: Yeah, actually, that goal that Jizza scored over my dabbed body from Rumble, I remember. Like at the time, people were like oh it didn't go in it was it was a shuffle or whatever but then like yeah he looked at the gopro and it's like sure enough he did manage to score actually score. I,
2: honestly i'm a huge fan like of just give people the benefit of the doubt i don't think there's very many players in the polo community that are like lying about goals you know what i mean <laughs> like someone like jeff like if he's like oh i hit it in i'm just like dude benefit of the doubt like if he's convinced he got it he
0: probably got it you know in my mind like they hit the ball it went in the net so I think the like onus of proof has to be on the people that say it was a shuffle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. the ball went in the net. You didn't do your job, <laughs> but uh, if the goal judge is in like 50, 50, I think you should count the goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it seems you, like you don't know,
2: you got to go with that uh, enough evidence to overturn, you know, like if you're a goal judge and you're like, it looked like a shuffle to me, like speak up, like don't, you of know. course, of course. But, but I think like generally speaking, <laughs> I think most players are just call it like maybe it's different at super high level but even then like I think the onus should be on like just be honest and I don't think there's many players that are dishonest.
1: I don't think I've ever seen like a goal judge 90% of the time they're just like oh shit I wasn't looking like I (laughs) I have vivid memories of fall balling where it was like there was a you know a contentious goal and then some of the ref looked over to Nico or somebody and then and and Nico's just like oh, I don't know I wasn't paying attention
2: <laughs> I mean to be to be fair it's like it's so rare that it like it's so hard to see it right like in a situation where you're relying on a goal judge it's like the ref was watching and couldn't get an angle on it so hopefully the goal judge had a different angle on it but it's like how many times is something crazy happening where the goal judge like had a better angle than the ref and definitively saw it differently. You know, like it's, it, it's a, it's a thankless job. It's hard to be, it's hard to be right as a goal judge, but.
0: I've seen it a handful of times, but yeah, I think especially in our region, it's something we could possibly implement a little more officially, especially at qualifiers. Right. Yeah. And that bleeds perfectly into our news segment. Okay. Let's get to the news and who yeah. wants to go first here? Uh, i I'll, I'll, I'll take the first one. Worlds are happening. Worlds got announced. Ooh
2: yep it's It's, uh the speculation is over it's 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 here it is uh not happening this year (laughs) it's (laughs) twenty
0: twenty twenty twenty
2: twenty three. 2023 they did say that it's coming up they're gonna try to hold it at the earliest they can in 2023 which i don't know what the weather in oh yeah spoiler it's in france that that was the other yeah perpignol
0: france
2: is that how you pronounce it
0: perpignol france
2: not uh Perpignan? No. no. <laughs> per, per, perpignan?
0: Perpignan. 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 Okay. Ask our um, local Montrealer
1: how to pronounce it. We oui. Perpignan. I don't know, actually.
0: So I just want to take a second and just have some wild speculation here about this World Championships, right? Because if this is happening early 2023, for those of us in North America, and I don't have any sources for this information. I'm just speculating based on timelines. That would mean NAs would have to be at the latest, you know, October in 2022, right? At the absolute latest.
2: I think it depends what early means. Is early January? Because that seems crazy. Like, what's the weather in uh, Perpignan?
0: You know, this is where the detective skills come out. Let's look up the average temperatures in Perpignan at that
1: time. Alex, I can see he's on it. Wasn't it because originally it was scheduled for 20... Like this is before COVID happened, before any of this was postponed. It was originally scheduled for 2021. I think that's correct. And then the NA tournament from 2020 was going to be that qualifier for that 2021 Worlds. Because the Worlds would happen before the actual NA championship of the following year.
2: Well, so usually what happens is their worlds the qualify like the north american championship of the previous year is the qualifier for worlds the next year or whatever the subsequent like the next worlds is yeah so um and i I think like the new zealand worlds was at a weird time wasn't it like sometimes worlds is in february and stuff
1: depends Um, on the hemisphere right yeah yeah
2: i i am looking so the average temperature of uh uh is warmer than the entire tournament in milwaukee that we went to at all points even in january and December. So the average... it January or February <laughs> it could, it could. It could be any of those um, times. Just just to give an idea, the highs are around 13 degrees uh, Celsius in January, and that goes up to about 30 degrees in the, the summer.
0: Okay. And for Fahrenheit people, that's uh, like sweater weather. There you go. Yeah. So if we think about this, so that means NAs would have to be fall kind of time for us what does that mean for qualifiers? Because honestly, I mean, I'm more excited about qualifiers than I am NAs. That's a lot of good tournaments that we can go to. Qualifiers are going to have to be at the latest August, right? If we have a fall NAs.
2: It's, it's worth noting um, in the announcement NEH also shared all the regional contacts because the first thing that has to happen is they have to decide what format this is. Are we doing squad? Are we doing 3v3? Like there's a lot of things that still have to be decided Mm -hmm. before even the North American championships can get organized necessarily, but they did put out a call for bids to host the North American championships. And really that's what it's going to come down to, right? We're going to decide what, uh, you know, they're going to decide ultimately what format Worlds is going to be. And then they're going to decide what format and well NA's is almost certainly gonna be squad because I think we're pretty we're pretty squad centric here. But depending squad. on what depending on what city hosts it, like they get to pick the date, right? Like if you're if you're bidding, you you're like, hey, we'll host it at this time because this is when we can get our court. And that's gonna kinda dictate when the qualifier would be. Hopefully it I it has to be twenty twenty two, right? Like if they're potentially gonna have worlds in February or January in twenty twenty
0: three, then it'
2: it has to be 2022.
0: I would think so. I mean, if this is all possible with the situation that's going on, I mean, this is all wild speculation right here. There's a lot to come out, but I know from experience as being a rep, last time around, there was some timeframes given for when you could host your qualifier that would make sure you had it all figured out before the tournament and give people time to travel and book tickets and things like that. So I'm sure that our reps we'll be meeting shortly and figuring all this out for us if they haven't already. And then we'll be finding out if you're a north sides resident and you have strong opinions on it, be sure to let Neilan know.
1: I feel like they've already met maybe. Yeah.
2: You can uh, you can let us know too. I really I honestly like when it comes to the world's formats, like I know a lot of people were disappointed that uh, or I keep blanking on the name. Argentina was uh it was 3v3. You know, and it was really close, right? Like, I think it was only one or two votes that determined squad versus 3v3 last time. So Mm -hmm. it'll be, I'm going to be really curious to see what format this Worlds is going to be.
1: Yeah, I think it's prudent to, yeah, wait for that extra year once again. I guess we should just say shout out to everyone for getting the ball rolling on this organization because I think when you have that target tournament of the World Championships, it starts a lot of other things moving and sort of restarting the bike polo engine. And I just listened to someone say, it's Perpignan. That's the pronunciation. So thanks to the, or shout out to the Perpignan Polo Club as well. There we go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Such a It's going to be a big tournament.
2: I am so excited. Or how do you guys feel? Like, are you hundred percent going no matter what, whether you qualify or not? <laughs>
1: I don't know I, I think
2: I think I'm in that boat, like
1: maybe if they could pay for a certain podcast crew to come and, uh, <laughs> to come and watch I mean that would be pretty cool, yeah, I, I mean think that would be the only way I'd be going <laughs> personally.
2: <laughs> well usually for sure. worlds my my understanding and like I don't like no nobody on this podcast has been to worlds yet, which is kind of crazy, but uh my understanding is there's usually a wild card tournament, so yes. there's like a tournament before the tournament that people can if you win or you make it far enough through that tournament, you can like take some of the last qualifying spots. And to me, that's like playing in the championship. If, if you're not qualified, like that is your your championship it might just end, you know, on day zero of the official championship. But like you're still going there. You're going there for a week. You're playing for at least a day or two, and uh, hopefully, hopefully more. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna try my darndest to go regardless if I'm qualified or not. Now, if I am qualified. There's going to be some serious conversations at work if they won't let me get the days off. (laughs) Some really serious conversations. So I'm going to go if I'm qualified, I think. But if I'm not, which is probably like I've never qualified before. So I don't know why that would change. But uh, (laughs) I'll definitely still try. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely.
1: Do or do not. There is no try. Our next piece of news is uh, you may have already seen already on our social media. uh, We have a new logo. And that is brought to us by our good friend, Elliot, uh, who's also one of my clubmates here in Montreal Bike Polo. He whipped up a very nice rendition of a... I mean, not to say the original one was bad. I, I know, Gavin, you put a lot of time and effort into that uh, that pictogram. Um, but uh, it's a very nice uh, logo. And uh, if you want to follow Elliot, you can follow them on Instagram at Eliohoho. That's E-L-I-O-H-O-H-O. And there's lots of great illustration. And he's done quite a number of logos for the last few bike polo things that I think we've organized here in North Sides. Yeah,
2: seriously, Elliot has so much like super talented, super cool artist uh, put up with our bullshit trying to figure out what we wanted out of a logo was incredibly patient with us through that process. So just, you know, thank you, Elliot. Like, oh, my God, I would have I would have pulled my hair. I was scrolling through the the chat that we had where we were like trying to brainstorm and I'm like, this guy hates us. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, I think bike polo, you know, there's a lot of creators in bike polo and a lot of artists, creative people. So it's really great to have people that are involved in the game, you know, creating stuff for the game. So yeah, we're very grateful. for And I guess we might have some stickers in the near future.
2: Well, we're to, definitely uh, going to get this logo into stickers, and yeah, Elliot so. has a bunch of their other artwork that I think they already have as stickers. So yes. we got to figure that out for sure. Yeah, I so think we might be doing uh, some
1: merch in the near future. Yeah, that could there's be a, cool. There's a demand for stickers. I've seen this is what's going to fund our trip to France. <laughs> stickers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> on the backs of stickers.
0: I need some Northside Polo bike stickers for the the bike build. You know what I mean? Just to put on the down the seat tube there under the, the down tube. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. <laughs> speaking of bike polo swag
0: are uh, good friends at knives or is it good knives knives i think it's knives knives they have uh, come out with a bunch of new stickers which are pretty hilarious <laughs> and also a whole new series on tips that have been kind of gracing instagram for the past few days of the week and it's been pretty exciting to wake up and get to read all the different tips that uh, knives has posted or elias has posted and there's been some really good ones, and some that have got me thinking a little bit, you know, about yeah. how I play, and maybe I should reevaluate some of my choices and life decisions. If I'm being perfectly honest.
2: Well, you know, the tip uh, "don't be left-handed" was a, a pretty brutal one, but you know, there's not <laughs> much you can do about that. Yeah, I know. I
0: was born this way.
1: <laughs> I got. A, I love his tube decal stickers. Yes. That go, I guess, on the top. They sort of imitate that like manufacturing decal. Oh yeah, you got one right there. Yeah. yeah uh, I really enjoy their uh, their sort of cheeky take yep. on those so
2: uh yeah shout out shout out Elias I uh, I ordered those I think I mentioned before I ordered the the boot knives in bulk I've got I've got those here too. Mm. um the uh the nice rotor guards that that Elias made and um he was willing to ship out just like a ton of the boot of uh, the new knife stickers as well so yeah. I am looking forward to I haven't decided what I'm going to do with them but uh I'm looking forward to putting them on stuff
1: And if you want to hear more with Elias, I think he mentions knives and the boot knife. You can check out uh, a way back to episode seven. We had him on the show to talk about uh, obstruction amongst other things. All
0: right. Let's get to that next segment. Then the next one on the docket here is the bike polo calendar watch. Okay. Bikepolocalendar.com. They post all kinds of great stuff about what tournaments are coming up. So let's run through these, this first one. What is this one?
2: Smack in the middle. Uh, You might remember the episode with T and Sarah. Yeah, so that is the Fresno tournament. Uh, Registration opens February 26th. And the tournament itself
0: is on April 23rd and uh, 22nd. So. I got to say, I was sitting in my home. It was Monday night, minding my own business. And my phone lit up. (laughs) <laughs> and it said Fresno on it. So I picked up the call thinking I knew who it was, and I was absolutely correct. It was T from the Fresno Polo Club of Pedal Junkies, and he was going on about smack in the middle, and he got me pretty excited about this tournament. All I'm going to say, everyone out there, is this is going to be insane. There is going to be some high level of polo played. There's going to be a lot of teams. I know T and Sara are both putting in the, optimal amount of effort to make this thing go if you're anywhere close to fresno i encourage you to try to sign up and get to this tournament because it is going to be awesome
2: yeah i've i've heard it confirmed already that uh pete abram our guest last weekend is going to defend their title they won it last year with diego and jenny so that's that's a pretty high bar (laughs) that's a good team that's (laughs) That's a a really good team that is a very good team
0: a lot of
1: well-known players on that team holy yeah
2: are uh, are you guys planning to go to this?
1: Oh man, I'd like to. <laughs> I love to go to California for yeah. any reason.
0: For Smack, I'm probably not going to make it to Smack It's just I checked the plane tickets and the shortest one I could find was 11 hours.
1: Oh dude, that's nothing.
0: With school and stuff and all these things, it's tough to navigate. Well, I I think I'm going to go. I'm yo I I'm pretty sick. sure I'm like I'm
2: definitely moving towards going. Uh yeah, we're I got to figure out figure out team stuff, but I'm moving towards going. I really want to go to this one. I I've heard so much about West Coast Polo. You know, we obviously talked to Pete. We've talked to Bruce. I think Bruce is planning to go to uh, a lot of our recent guests. Diego is going to be there. Like uh, there's a lot of people that I have not you know, we've chatted with on the podcast, but I've never met that are going to be there. And I think it's going to be a really high level tournament. And the timing is perfect. It's like end of April, the sea. it's like a perfect season opening, like, you know, heat check, where are you at (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) against probably the best players in North America? I kind of want to see that. I want to, I want to go, you know, probably get torched, but (laughs) I'm, I'm in for that. I want to see what happens.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm super jealous of you. If you get to go to this, make sure you take lots of videos for me to watch. Definitely.
1: Definitely. We got to spread thin over these next few months to get all the coverage possible. Yeah. This next one, that was Cabana scoop. Yeah. So this is, this isn't really a tournament, so to speak. <laughs> Brett also was on the show a while ago. Um, well, he's one of our first guests actually, and he is putting together just a little sort of, I guess, a. Uh, reintroduction to bike polo for all of us. I mean, not to say we didn't play much last year, but just a fun <clears throat> mixer to get everyone back together here in Montreal. Um, it's going to be April 15th. It's a one day mixer affair. So don't sit, don't make a team because you'll get a team made for you, whether it's going to be random or, you know, they're going to do some sort of sorting. I, I'm not totally sure on the details yet.
2: It's going to be like Harry Potter. You put the sorting hat on and it just tells you what house you're in.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there'll, there'll be no prizes, no t-shirts, no, uh, Entry fee. It's all just going to be a lot of fun.
2: It's going to be wild going from like a snowy Montreal tournament to
1: California the next weekend. Yeah, I that's what, it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a real uh, whirlwind to next it. Next
0: one on the list here is No Fun City 7. That's a Vancouver tournament going on May 7th, May 8th. And the special thing about this tournament is that you cannot play with any teammates you've already played with in another tournament. Yeah. So that's always a fun way to have a tournament. I know Poutine, the net two was like that this past year and it made for some interesting teams and Vancouver is such a fun city and they have a great court. So, I mean, that's another good one to go to. Yeah. This is
2: a, this is a trend that's pop that's popping up in tournaments and I, I like it. I think it's a good way of making sure people play with lots of, you know, you play with different people and everybody gets better together, which is cool. Aptly named tournament. I've heard Vancouver is no fun.
1: I was at this tournament actually the last one in 2019 because that's where the infamous lobster chat was first performed.
0: oh, so there's yes. a historical tournament you're saying
1: yes, so unfortunately that team is not allowed to um, is not allowed to uh, bring it back, <laughs> but not to say other teams can't adopt it but also I noticed one thing about the, this, this year's edition is that the prize for winning is I mean there might be a trophy or something, but you will also be allowed to recreate or you'll be allowed to come back next year with that same team and defend your Ooh. title that's yeah, such just... an
2: unfair advantage it's like winner winner keeps ball
1: in, like, basketball, <laughs> yeah but i don't know. You know it's kind of interesting
0: i just imagine they like practice together all year long like, <laughs> yeah into it they're like go to na's together and then they come back and they're just a full team
1: again bob, bob
2: ross is going to come in and crush this tournament and never ever
1: never really shout, <laughs> shout out uh east van Bike Polo. shout out robbie Bobby. ball after
0: that yeah. one, we got uh Titipo Rat snitches shuffle in Boston. That's a one day <laughs> tournament, May fifteenth. It's a Sunday, and it's a shuffle tournament. So they're gonna be mixing up the teams somehow in Boston to have a fun one day event. That'll be pretty cool if you're in that part of the the States, or maybe Montreal could drive yeah. down. That's but, a that's uh, a bit of a long trip yeah, for go. us,
2: I think, for a one day thing, but
1: I mean maybe.
0: Montrealers might though. how long yeah. is it for Montreal? Six hours?
1: Yeah, something like that. I have never done that. Well, oh, that's it, but doable. I would do it. I've been wanting to do Okay, to Let's fly through
0: these next three Euro tournaments.
2: Okay, so there's some other stuff. The uh Berlin mixed mixed 2022. That's happening July 29th to 31st. Uh, this is a huge tournament in Berlin. There's lots of awesome videos from the past ones. Uh it has its own Instagram account and Flickr profile. Like this is a really you know, this is not Euros or anything, but this is one of those like big European tournaments that I think a lot of people uh, do actually come from North America to play in. And uh it, it's exciting. I'm I'm so glad to see that it's, it's back on the calendar.
1: Yeah, very prestigious.
0: The next tournament on our list here is the New Balea Bench 22 Rookie Tournament in Bordeaux, Paris. It's going to be in August of 2021. It's squad format. And you no, no, must sorry. have the, the- a coach.
2: The polo birthday, you're only eligible to play in it if your polo birthday is after August
0: 2021. Oh, I read that wrong.
2: Yeah. And confusingly enough, even though it's called a bench tournament, it's squad format.
0: <laughs> squad. Interesting. Okay. So August 2021, your polo birthday. So you basically have to be like a one year fresh rookie. Yeah. To get into this. Very interesting. Okay. Next tournament.
1: It's the Mallet Dolorosa in berlin on may 14th to the 15th it is a wtnb single player shuffle tournament that's in berlin in lichtenberg berlin could be fun yeah there's lots of crazy tournaments popping
0: up on the calendar the summer's really shaping up we still don't have anything for you know june july but i'm literally looking yeah. forward to those ones if you're listening you're thinking of playing in a tournament throw it in july that's yeah. when I'm most and, free. And
2: within driving distance from uh, north sides, please. Yes,
0: there you go. <laughs> um, let's get to our main topic, or should I say topics of today? Because for this episode, I kind of just stapled together a few odds and ends questions that we had that we were thinking about doing episodes on, but didn't quite, we didn't really think they'd be long enough. So I put them all together in a big boiling pot. We had some news on top of that, some bike pole calendar <laughs> watch, some emails, and we got a super long episode for y'all. So let's mm-hmm. jump right into it. This first topic I found out of inspiration. One of our local North Sides compatriots, Raf, was bored at home during the winter and wanted to get better at bike polo. So he created a setup that kind of made the rounds on bike polo Instagram, which was rollers with kind of a board next to him with a ball so that he could be on his rollers on his polo bike and also be moving the ball with a ball handling. And it just got me thinking about all the crazy and silly things that Northside's players do to get better during the winter, because we're so eager to play, but we can't because all the courts become skating rinks. And I'm just curious for each of you, what are the wildest things you've done to get better at bike pull in the off season? And what are your off season training routines like?
2: So I think the craziest thing I did is the first winter I lived in Toronto, uh, I had that event on that pink track frame. That was my first polo bike. And I destroyed that frame in the basement of the parking garage of the building that we were living in. And I just basically went down there every night at midnight after security left. And I just from midnight to 2am. And I just did wheelies. I just did wheelie turns. I just hit the ball off the wall. There was like six parking spaces where nobody was in. And I just like that was my little training shrine. And I would like wait until you know security checked out and the concierge went home, and I just like took full advantage of the fact that I lived in an apartment building that had an underground parking garage,
1: which I don't any
2: I don't anymore. But that was awesome. Uh, but also like doing hours of wheelie pivots on like a really cheap eventon frame that's notorious for cracking under normal track usage, uh, absolutely destroyed that frame. Absolutely, like <laughs> the welds came apart.
1: <laughs> maybe you done anything wild during the winter? Remember that once, one winter, I think it was maybe the first or second winter after I started playing. We went out to like, I think me and you guys went out to that court and we like it was totally snowed over and totally frozen and we shoveled away a tiny little section. And then just like practice taking shots and like, we we're slipping all over the place. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I like,
0: remember we shoveled it dumb. off. <laughs> we shoveled it off, but there was still like big ice patches underneath the snow.
1: They yeah, were like, black we were just ice. desperate. We we're like, Oh, we want to play. And uh, no, I don't think I've really done much, any sort of training. Any uh, beginner in
0: North sides knows that like in the spring you go and like think I mean, of like crazy ways to make them snow melt faster on the court so that you can play <laughs> sooner like i don't know i've done everything from pouring beet juice onto it to like shoveling it to doing all kinds of things
1: yeah like if you want to be a really pro player in the future like north sides is not the place to be just because we don't have the climate for it it's like obviously at west at, uh, like west coast you know along the coastal regions it's like you, you can play
2: you know i i heard a stat that like uh they were, there was like a sports psychology study that they were training basketball players. Like they were training people like how to do free throws and people that actually practice doing free throws in a gym, you know, if you practice it, you get, you get better. But if you visualize really well, you can get 80 to 90% of the benefit of actually practicing. So I think Northside is just, you know, we're training our mind in the winter. And then when we come out in the spring, it's like, we really want it.
0: Honestly, by the end of polo season, I'm usually like so decrepit from my skin knees and like tennis elbow and whatever is aching me that I actually like the benefit of having the month and a half off before I start like getting geared up to go. I found pretty useful. The craziest things I've done. um, I mean, sometimes I'll take my mallet and like a super squishy polo ball out to the ice rink and like skate around and practice my scoops and ball handling on the ice rink while i'm skating instead of on my bike and i think that that does kind of keep my ball handling fresh um one year when i was living in toronto i would go down to the gym in our basement which was like an apartment building basement and it was just a big concrete kind of space where we would gym like a few pieces of equipment but there was a space for yoga and it was just a concrete floor so i would just like do half an hour of scoops before every workout that I did over the winter, which was like kind of helpful because my scoops were dialed when I got on the bike in the <laughs> spring, but, uh, not any other part of my game was
2: <laughs> to, to be honest. I think the craziest thing I've done in the off season is this year. Um, ever since Christmas this year, I've like made a training plan and I've been following it and I'm like doing weights and plyos and i've got i've got my uh fluid trainer set up it's like a really at this point it's like old because it's not a smart trainer like i can't connect to zwift or anything like that i'm just i just pedal but i've got a tv in front of it i've been watching uh, i've watched all of the 2017 worlds i've watched all of the uh i've watched a ton of mr do i've watched all of the cordoba worlds i'm like i'm I've been putting in hours on that bike and I've got my mallet next to me. It's not nearly as advanced of a setup as rafts. And I'm like, my rear wheel is clamped in. So I can't really like lean the bike or really practice any of that control. But it is really hard to watch a game of bike polo and follow it and like maintain an even heart rate and like stick handle a ball. You see someone do something on the court and I'm just like, I want, like I see Luca like do a move and I'm like, I'm like leaning on my bike. Like I'm going to try to like put him into the boards. Like, what? I don't know. It's like, it just it gets me so into it, but it's great because when I'm, you know, when I'm like 40 minutes into a ride and I'm like, Ugh, do I really want to keep going? If there's a game on and it's good, I'm just like, oh, hell yeah. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this whole game. Like I want to see exactly what's going on. Uh, shout out to the uh, mosquito Bob Ross final from 2019 that got me through my my longest ride of the year. I, I saved that one because I knew it was epic and it did the trick. Like I, I put it on when I had like exactly I think 20 or 30 minutes left when I was dying, and I'm like, all right, time to hit the emergency button. Watch this epic game, and it just it captivated me. You know?
0: Yeah, I'm sure watching
2: mosquito gives you that extra jolt. Definitely. That is a wild finals too. It is a good like, final. Yeah. People I've noticed in, uh, on Facebook and some of the North sides groups, people are sharing old bike polo videos. If you have not watched the 2019 North American championship game, do yourself a favor and watch it. Cause it's, <laughs> it's
0: an all timer. Fair enough. Okay. Next topic. Second mini topic is a conversation. I hear a lot on the side of the court and especially, this past year as I've been kind of building up a new pair of wheels, I've had a lot of people weigh in with their advice on this subject, whether I ask for it or not. But that is how many spokes is the right number for a polo bike? Liam, what do you think?
1: Uh, I think Hold on, like 20,
0: 26 or 700.
1: Well, <laughs> size or spokes? Spokes. No, 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 man, not not, not spokes? the size, but size. Oh, I yeah, think, spokes. I think, yeah. Uh, definitely more than two. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> I think 48 is the best because you break a spoke, doesn't matter your your wheel's still true, more or less. Okay, okay. And you can take a lot of of a beating. I mean, not so important now that being on a disc brake, but you want to polo like I've been realizing like for a bike, you want it to just be like a polo bike. You want it to be strong, and just yeah. like you don't want to go out just tossing it and trying to break it, but you want to be able to just like toss it, have it fall over, and just be rugged and be reliable. And I think. Without going overboard, I think 48 is a good amount. I mean, not to say that 36s aren't strong either. I think it depends on a few things, like maybe the rim width and, you know, the size. But yeah, I think 48s, mine have served me very well, I think. I've had to replace a few, but it's no big deal. I haven't. It's go. not like I've had to replace yeah. them because the, the rim is warped or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mm-hmm. just replace them because I want to.
2: Alex, what do you think? I mean, I do think it depends on the wheel size. Like... I think you can get away with 36 on 26 inch wheels. I think that like it, I think you can get away with it. Though it's worth noting, I don't think you can shoot a ball through a 48 spoke wheel. There are players in Ottawa that can shoot a ball through a 36 spoke
0: 26 inch wheel. I've seen them go through a 48 too. To be honest with you. Okay. Well,
2: it it's they it can it can go through. Um, I like the idea of 48 spokes. No wheel protector uh like no wheel covers uh just because then you're you know you're not getting blown off your bike in crosswinds and stuff and it makes it a lot nicer to commute on like to get to and from the court and i I don't know i like to just i like to just tear it up on my bike and like really sit at the edge of like my uh my friction like the tire threshold and it can be tough like if you've got like this big Sail like wheel cover. You you can I think you can actually handle your bike more nimbly without wheel covers, though that's maybe a, a whole separate topic. But definitely 48 spokes is I, th- I just think it's preferred like you're not true, like performance-wise, not as good, but you're not trueing your wheel constantly and you don't have to worry about it. When I had the 48 spoke velocity rims on the ad Astra, I only had to replace those after a
0: car smoked the rear one, and even then the front was fine. Mm-hmm. No, I I can see where both of you are coming from with the forty-eight spoke wheels. Now when I built up my new wheels, I went 32 spokes. <laughs> so 26? Mm. Yeah, 26 inch, 32 spokes are what I went with. And it's because I know how to rudimentally true my wheel. You know what I mean? Like I have a stand. So I don't mind every couple of weeks taking my wheel off, putting it in my stand and just like tightening a few spokes here, making sure it's straight. And then like once a year going in and getting my bike looked at by someone who's really good at building wheels. I think I don't have anything wrong with that because I play so much on this bike. I put it through so much. I don't mind getting the maintenance done on it. I'm going to spend a bit of money, but it's okay because it's my main hobby main sport in the summer and fall and spring. So in that sense, I liked it. And the weight savings were important to me. So I kind of went with a 32. So I also went with a 32
2: (laughs) on the new bike. Everything, you know, everything I said, I'm like, get a 48. It's just better. It's whatever. Uh, I'm going 32 carbon rim.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: But I actually think I actually think it makes more sense to have less spokes with the carbon rim because uh Carbon will bend back to what it was like. It'll flex and it'll come back and it doesn't lose its strength the way that an aluminum rim does. So I think at least I can justify it in my head that it's better. I mean, we'll find out this year. We're going to we're both going to play on them. And uh, I mean, look if, if, if either of us like break a wheel or it becomes cumbersome, like a hundred percent, I'm just going to get more spokes or I'm, I mean, I'll just get different wheels.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have a set of 48 velocity checkers for 26 that are in my closet and I'm going to have me have them made so I can throw them on my bike. You know what I mean? If I do break a wheel at any point, but, uh, honestly for this whole wheel spoke conversation, it really comes down to, um, first, how much money do you want to spend on bike polo? how mechanically inclined are you and how much effort do you want to put into maintaining your bike like if you're someone who wants to put in no effort into maintaining your bike 48 spokes is probably the way to go right like you're not going to have to worry as much about it if you're someone who's okay to tinker with your spokes and make sure they're tight and replace one every once in a while maybe 32 is the way to go or 36 and also depends on what your goals are if you're someone that wants to spend you know a couple hundred bucks a year to make sure your bike is a few grams lighter 100 200 grams lighter then obviously 32 would be the way to go, but it's completely up to you. The only thing I'd say is even when it comes
2: to performance for polo, like it's how much is it worth to you to not have to worry about your bike in a tournament? There's something to be said for like, you know, I love the Ad Astra. That thing was heavy, but it was a rock and I just did not have to worry about it. I could wail on it all day. I didn't have to worry about people T-boning me like, you know, I gave I'm sure I gave up like some speed, but having that peace of mind was worth a lot to me. So mm-hmm. that's fair point. Um I'm gonna be I'm really excited to see how my new bike turns out, but that's good, you know, that peace of mind is something I definitely value.
1: But what about uh the cross pattern? What do you do? Three cross? Yeah, three cross, cross. Yeah. Five. I, cross. I think
2: three three cross <laughs> is just the strongest, right? Like I, I I mean, look. I think radio looks cool, and I think that weird like uh, twisty twisty thing where you like braid them together looks awesome. Arrow but, like, bows. don't 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 put that on bike polo. I love a five spoke arrow, but like, also don't do that. That's not safe. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: next topic. We'll get burned through these because they're fun and they're exciting. This one's probably the most fun of all three, and it's a question that I actually was thinking of the other day. You know, this is my hypothetical question for you. Okay, you're going to a bike pole tournament, it's pretty far. It's over six hours away. You're going to be sleeping in someone's place that you've never been to before. So you don't know what the situation is going to be. You get in a spare bed, you get into the floor. You're not sure. What's one weird thing you're bringing with you in your bag? Now, what's two weird things you're bringing with you in your bag?
2: What do you mean, I mean, weird I'm, I'm bringing the the like eye cover, you know, the like sleeping pad. I don't know if this is that weird. Oh yeah. But like, I'm a, I'm a light sensitive sleeper. So if I can put like... Those like sleeping like eye covers, you know, you people put them on in airplanes and stuff. But like, yeah. I I'll wear that to bed. I don't care where I'm sleeping. Like that, I could sleep on like a hardwood floor. But if I can <laughs> cover my eyes, I can sleep.
1: This is true. I've seen you
2: sleep on a hardwood floor. Yeah. Well, and if you put that thing on and then you put like headphones in and listen to a podcast yeah, to maybe... fall asleep to, like it's just the world is gone. Like it doesn't matter where I am.
1: I was gonna say earbuds, I guess, or earplugs. <laughs> But that's like uh, something I bring every time if I'm going anywhere. I know I'm yeah. gonna have. to I don't sleep know if that's somewhere. that weird. Uh, yeah, I don't
2: even know if the notebooks. eye cover thing is that weird. Like that's pretty normal travel. travel yeah, travel I think space. we're yeah. in the days, we're but... definitely
0: in the normal travel space. I'm bringing like a bunch of extra parts with me. I'm bringing like a bunch of extra spokes, and I'm bringing like um, <laughs> a backup bike, a spare brake, obviously oh, cable, a cable break. Yeah, I've sometimes got that I'm bringing a. A spare wheel with me, actually. But I'd say, on the weird side of things, I usually if, like to bring with me a chair, a foldable chair. Oh, yes, that's really clutch at a tournament. And a Underrated pair of Crocs. Move. A pair yeah. of Crocs yes. are a must-have for a tournament. I mean, cr-
2: Crocs. I would. I don't think those count as weird because Crocs and a foldable chair are actually low-key like required equipment for a polo tournament. Like they will completely change your experience at Apollo. You get to sit down, chill out, get out of your cycling shoes. Like you need those at a polo tournament. None of us are weird
0: though. You know what I mean? Like we got to come with something weirder that we bring. What else do I bring? I've got, I've got something weird. I'm going to grab it.
1: (laughs) Oh no. Is this like shammy butter or something? This is a show show and tell.
0: Yeah. He's just running over to grab some right now. He's going to come back with something. I don't know. I'm a little nervous actually. I'm,
1: well, one thing I brought to the Yukon for the for the bat the barrel slider first inaugural barrel slider was my I brought my entire like DJ setup mm. um, and my laptop because well one I think Ashwin said oh would you want a DJ or play music and I was like sure um, but it also has like a feature where you can put in like samples into the into the thing so you can play yeah. sort of like one shot samples so I downloaded like a couple sound effects like I downloaded the sort of you know, in the NHL and they score a goal, the sort of fog horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I had the like, I think I had Homer Simpson going do and then like a few other things just for like funny, you know, like something would happen on the court. So there'd be a crash and you'd play something. That was definitely a fun. I was like, oh, I'm so glad I brought this because <laughs> I think it made the uh, atmosphere a lot more like uh, just chaotic. But uh, I wouldn't bring that to anyone. I wouldn't bring that just, you know, To any tournament and be like, yo, can I play annoying sounds on the, uh, (laughs) on the PA?
0: I see what Alex is bringing now. That's a great thing to bring. Feel free to bring that to any Ottawa tournament, Liam.
1: Oh yeah, sure. It's pretty compact. What you got there, Alex. Oh, this is what I was going to say.
2: So I, I do have a weird thing that I bring to a lot of tournaments that, uh, so far I've been the only person to bring, but I got some new ones and those are, uh, arm, arm bands, arm sleeves,
0: Shooting, shooting sleeves. sleeves, yeah, shooting like sleeves, a, yeah, like Allen Iverson, the depression
2: shooting sleeve. But <laughs> I got some new ones, and I actually got you guys some. So, so oh, we don't nice. we don't record video, but I went to a website and it's got some sale stuff. And I'm struggling to put this on now, so I can show you in the camera.
1: <laughs> Dude's gonna like restrict the blood to your arms. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> those are
0: ridiculous. <laughs> For all it's of you like listening,, giant, he has a arm sleeve on that is a lion's face, then the nose is right on his elbow, it's grimacing at us, but obviously yeah. it's funny because Alex's last name is lion l y o n and uh this is ridiculous. How many goals are you so, gonna score with those puffies? so this
2: one I've been testing it downstairs. this one is too tight, it cuts off the circulation, and I can't stick handle with it yeah, <laughs> yeah I've had that happen
1: before. you suddenly can't feel um, your hand anymore. <laughs> I
2: also got another one. Uh, I'm sure this is compelling radio listening to me struggle to put an armband on or an arm sleeve on.
0: While he's struggling to do that, I want to say one story with the audience. And that is, I was actually playing in uh, the Poutine the Net 2 tournament this fall. And I think it was in the quarterfinals. And my arm was so fatigued. I could feel that forearm burn going so hard. And I was just like, why is this happening? Like, I know I'm in the Sunday of a tournament, but I mean, usually I'm good until the finals, you know, like I can make it through. But what I realized was that I actually had my elbow pad on far too tight because I was worried about it slipping down. So my elbow pad was so tight, it was pressing on like a muscle in my forearm and I guess shortening the length of that muscle fiber and putting a lot of tension on a certain aspect of the muscle in my forearm. So I loosened it up and I was fine the rest of the tournament, but something to look out for if you're wearing some of those yeah. equipments. Yeah. Hey, Alex, I've, I've noticed away.
2: I've noticed that with gloves that are too tight. So this was the other one I got. It's also a lion, but this is like an angel lion. It's,
0: it's <laughs> a little harder to weird. see.
2: <laughs> that is weirder than the other one. Uh, this one's also skin colored. <laughs> so Very when cool. I took a picture of it and sent it to one of my friends and she was like, Oh my God, you got it your arm done like you got like a, a, like a t- tattoo. she thought it was a tattoo and I was like this is ridiculous like I mean it it is it is really tacky Um, and she was like "Oh, okay good the shading is terrible uh, <laughs> but she wasn't going to say that if it was a tattoo so
0: wow, uh, we've well, we ventured far off course and we've definitely got we some have, weird we stuff that we're bringing
2: but I got you guys some oh
0: no yay so Gavin do they
2: make these for left-handed people this is a lefty specific <laughs> one it was the only left-handed one on sale well joker <laughs>
0: what is that like attack on titan grin
2: yeah it's like an evil evil joker
1: grin face um, okay so
2: we're gonna be the the guys with armbands at tournaments and then uh liam i got you this one. Oh boy it's a little different
1: oh very nice
0: that's the uh, nicest one
1: <laughs> rainbows and uh donuts and ice and cream, puff pastry. Yeah, this
0: is an animated rainbow and donut. I like, it. like a Simpsons ask donut on it.
1: I like it. So the
2: uh, the the place I was ordering these from, um, they make custom ones. That's really what I what I wanted to know was I was like, I really want to get like some custom. Um, I really want to get Northside's Polo podcast like shooting sleeves. That's really what I want. Yeah. Um, but they're kind of expensive to make custom. And I wanted to know what the fit was like, and I'm glad I did because I actually think both of the ones I ordered are a little too tight for me. So now I know I would go up one size, Uh, but they had this was like their clearance. They had these like custom designs they'd done and they were like three dollars each. So I was like, all right, time to (laughs) time to go a little time to go a little nuts and order order us all some shooting sleeves just in case they end up being cool. Yeah, they're basically all too tight for me. I don't know if I'm going to be able to wear these. But but yeah, the shooting sleeve has to be the weirdest thing I bring to tournaments. Um, for the record, the shooting, the arm sleeves that I've had that I've brought to previous tournaments are actually for a bike shop that fired me um, in Ottawa. So I kind of, I realize like, especially that when I go back and play tournaments in Ottawa, I'm like, I really don't want to be repping this shop that fired me like like screw those guys <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> you know like I, i'm like i really want to wear something else
0: um so i got these tacky lion sleeves but i still don't think don't any know. of our objects are that weird like i was expecting someone to say a teddy bear sometimes i bring a good book with me but that's not even that weird dang well
1: it. yeah but your question i guess was sort of framed as like it's a six-hour drive so what are you going to bring to entertain yourself oh, and your yeah, others i actually you know one of those fun things is those 20 question little electronic games yeah those are crazy. Those are really crazy. I don't know how they always get it. I know. They always, they always, it's like anything you think of anything and they know it. It's pretty incredible. Okay.
0: We want to get to that segment. The audience has been waiting for enough of our mini ones. Let's get to the Mm -hmm. big questions that they've sent us themselves. They want to hear, you know what time it is.
1: It's the questions boy. No. Uh, Oh, sorry. That's a, uh, that's a common song. It's a mailbag. Mailbag. Uh, We have three emails this week. One of them is from a many times uh, writer, repeat offender, you could say. (laughs) It's Justin from Ottawa, and he writes, Whoa, guys, what a great interview with Pete. I'm still interested in getting us set up as a nonprofit here in Ottawa. I feel the benefits outweigh the work involved. I'm really interested in getting polo camps going for our region as well. I think it would be beneficial for everyone, not just new players. Keep it up. Get some interviews going with some actual Northside vets. This is a good point. Yeah. We haven't had somebody from our region on the show.
2: We've we've been making our way through like California and more sugar. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that's for sure. But you know what? We'll swing it back to Northsides eventually. We just got to wrangle up some good guests and they'll come back. What do you think of these other things here? Should we run a polo camp in uh, the Northside region? Oh, 100%. I mean, we talked about it on the
2: Pete episode, but I think it'd be as long as we can logistically make it work. Like, I think we should do it.
0: Yeah. I don't see why we can't make it work. I just have to see what other tournaments we're running this summer. I might already be kind of booked in to run two tournaments. So it'll be tough to do a third thing, but, uh, I think Justin, you know what, we can definitely pull that off. I'm sure you have to know how to do it, honestly. And as far as the nonprofit thing goes, I know Justin and I have talked a lot about that and there are some big advantages to forming a nonprofit, but there are definitely some costs and responsibilities that, uh, You know, you can't do it by yourself. That's the thing. You need a group of people that wants to do it. I think the, the hardest
2: challenge or the biggest thing with the nonprofit is once you do that setup cost, you want to make sure that it outlives any individual member so that it can get passed from like club member to club member. And like you have your board or whatever. And, um, if, to be honest, like North sides, we've had a lot of recruitment in the last few years, but. A lot of these clubs, there was kind of, it was kind of rough. Like it was like, do we really have enough people to to keep all of these, you know, to keep like the lights on at a non profit uh and justify the the presence and everything? Like we've had sort of like uh rises and falls in, in numbers and at now is the time if you're gonna do it. I think now is probably the time when the numbers are really high and the interest is there and maybe you can uh you can ride that wave. But it's you just gotta make sure that whatever it's set up, like it isn't just you that's that's setting it up like obviously it's going to take some elbow grease to get it done but you want to make sure that it's set up in a way that it can be perpetuating
0: absolutely yeah and that's the thing right you can't do it by yourself you actually legally need a board to have yeah. a non so you need at least three or four people to make it work so justin and i looked into it quite a bit but uh it might be a next year project we'll see
2: yeah We'll see. As far as, as far as Northside's vets go, um, get at us. Send us an email. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you and talk to you just as much as you want to hear from and talk to us. Maybe even more.
1: <laughs> Word. Next up, we have an email from Jeff from Minneapolis who writes, When I heard your recommendation for newbies to look for a crew frame, I had to chime in. It looks like the brand is mostly defunct for polo-type bikes. There's only one distributor, and they don't list frame sets for sale. The Crew Ace seems to be the best choice. Basically, it's a Trek T1 clone with added stiffness. But it has a funky fork design where the top is a standard bearing and bottom is oversized, one and one-eighth and one and a half. Sorry, one and one-half. Cato in Minneapolis first told me about that problem after I tested one from an elite Wasau player. Thanks for keeping the podcast rolling. Long live the long-form interviews and Dan Carlin reference. This is hardcore history from Yeah, Jeff. so
0: I want to talk about what Jeff has to say here because I was the one who recommended the crew frame in that episode. And looking at what he said and actually checking out the website, the crew frame isn't as affordable as it once was, it seems like. <laughs> it's all the way up to 425 US. And that's not affordable. And especially because oh my god, if you have the crew frame, you are going to need to buy a new brake for it. I mean, a new fork. Yeah. Because it has yeah. one of those rim brakes that might not be ideal, right? So on top of that, you're going to go to like another company to get a fork for it, and that's going to cost you another 200 bucks. on top of that. It really isn't as cost efficient as I thought. You're probably better off just getting an enforcer at that point um, for the bang for the buck. But that being said, I mean, the crew ace frame is used by a lot of players at a high level. And I think the geometry is pretty close to a T1, which is another really sought after frame for 700C riders. So it is a good frame. It just takes a bit more work to make it work. And uh, I know that headset is a bit strange, but I think a couple of track bikes have that kind of headset. I remember my old green fixie had that same headset type.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a solid frame. Like, I I think what we said on that episode, like really it's look at what's used for sale first. Like that should be the first thing for anyone And then, uh, I mean, if you're getting Polo specific, like it is hard to beat the Enforcer in North America.
0: Yeah, Jeff is definitely right here. I don't think that that Crew Ace frame is the beginner-friendly bike that I really talked it up to be on that episode. I retract that. There are probably better options out there if you just look used and maybe just a cheap track frame or something close. Though I will
2: say a lot of Polo players just get really cheap single-speed bikes. Like whatever the geometry is, if you just get like, even one of these like pure fix or whatever the, you know, the, you know, the like super cheap entry-level single speed brands that they're, they have a million, di- like they get rebadged all the time, but they're all the same frame. If you start on one of those frames and just put a small gear ratio and a good brake on it, like that is a pretty dang good polo bike. And will that is better than what most people played on for like the last decade. You know, it's only really been in the last like five to six years that, Companies like Enforcer and Fixcraft and other places were really able to to raise the Polo-specific bike build. And, you know, like, it's kind of pricey to get into these bikes. Like, you know, we're obviously, I'm building a new one. And, like, it it really does add up. If you're in that market, like, the Enforcer is probably the best bang for your buck in North America. But if you're not looking to spend that much, like, you can get a really good setup with
0: just a standard fixie. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And at 700C, I mean, there's different options there too, right? 26 and Enforcer all the way, but 27, there's a 700, so there's other options. Okay. What's this next email?
1: Next final email is from James from Istanbul, who has written to us before. He writes, hello again, guys. I just wanted to thank you for the episode on injuries. Very thorough rundown on the common injuries and protective equipment. I have always worn the most equipment of anyone in my club, why they sometimes call me RoboCop. Recently, more Damn, players that's a have good been... nickname. Yeah, that's pretty good, badass. Recently, more players have been following my lead after sustaining injuries. I've taken to only wearing an elbow pad on my steering arm. I highly recommend it to anyone who plays a lot of goalie, and it's great for pushing off a chain-link fence, just like Ev Tremblay. Maverick makes a few models of lacrosse pads that are lighter and less bulky. My teammate also got some downhill racing shorts that have hip pads, and tailbone support, and they're a lifesaver. Another point to make up is that every club should have someone who brings a few basic first aid items. If you are lucky to have a player or supporter with medical training, make sure that is known by everyone. After 15 years of polo with the usual scrapes and bruises, I broke my wrist in a similar way that Liam described, only more severe. Ouch. I've been working with a physiotherapist to rehabilitate it. He has a background in mountain bike racing and developed a training regimen that's polo specific for me. It included some exercises from Pilates for flexibility and balance with the addition of a mallet and ball. I'd love to hear you guys discuss in more detail the kinds of stretching and training that can help reduce injuries and lead to better bike control. Thanks again for turning out great pods with super interviews. James from Istanbul. Cool.
2: I really want to know what James bike polo specific training regimen is. I've been going (laughs) on like a deep dive trying to update my training regimen, and there's not a lot out there for you know, well, there's just, there's no bike. I didn't think, I don't think there's any bike polo specific coaches out there. Um, I feel like I've been annoying. I've been emailing all these like cycling training websites and I'm like, hey, we have a podcast and we talk about bike polo and I'm trying to figure out how to train. Please answer some questions for me. And uh, nobody has got back to me yet.
0: So they don't (laughs) know, man. They're all about VO2 maxes and like wattage per hour per kilo and all these Gotta get my FTP. Yeah, exactly. So they're not going to know anything about bike polo. It's not the same game at all. Training is going to look more like ice hockey training than it would for training for them. Probably. Maybe. I mean, right now
2: I'm basically following uh, my old biathlon training plan and just trying to build fitness and general strength and explosive strength and stuff. But that's a whole different thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, James probably has a pretty good idea from his physiotherapist. And I would love to talk about how to prevent injuries and all these things. Yeah, And I mean, I have a few techniques that I use, but I almost don't feel comfortable sharing them because I'm by no means qualified to share this stuff and to give my advice on these topics. But, uh, you know, they're, I'm yeah. sure if we can find the right guest out there that would want to come on and talk about this stuff, we'd love to have them on if they were qualified to actually give, you know, <laughs> evidence-based exercises that people could do instead of just things I found on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> I, my,
2: my training plan right now is a combination of a 12-year-old training plan I had when I was last training for cross-country skiing and like a week's worth of searching YouTube for like YouTube coaches and people talking about what they've done for for cycling training and like I have no idea if I'm like hurting my I mean I don't think I'm hurting myself I'm being pretty careful about it but uh yeah I would I would love to be able to talk to someone about you know what what crazy stuff we're up to but that's only like a small part of what James was talking about what do you what do you think about the uh the RoboCop the uh left arm
0: the the steering arm elbow pad be careful what you say there left it's a steering arm Alex okay some of us use that left arm it's not just a dangling appendage (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen other goalies do this too. I'm pretty sure that, uh, lefty will, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. has a lot more pads on his, uh, steering arm side, um, which is interesting. I think it makes sense because I like to wear elbow pads when I play, especially in more competitive games. Cause I have some like bone spurs and stuff. I don't want to get smashed on the concrete anymore than I already have. Um, But it's true what I was saying before about circulation and blood flow in the mallet arm and how sometimes there can be pressure points that exist because of your pads. So what I will say is just make sure your pads are comfy and it's better. The best pads are the ones you're actually going to wear. And Alex put that really well on our previous episode. So I like to keep that in mind too. But I think wear whatever you want. I I don't know if it makes sense
2: for goalies to have it on the the steer arm because when you're in net, that's... Not that's facing backwards. Like that's not like. Wouldn't it make more sense to have it on your mallet arm? When I when I'm in net, all the accidents I've been involved in are on my mallet side of my body because that's the side I have facing
0: out. The one pad I would want is like an ankle pad for my outside foot because when you take a shot and like hits out the tip of your mallet and goes into that ankle bone, that is some of the worst pain you will experience. I've seen that drop some pretty tough players. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I
2: mean, the, the original, like those, uh, those polo shoes when they, they came out, like they had ankle guards and that was kind of part, it was like the high cuff because yeah, yeah covering your ankle kind of makes sense for bike polo.
0: Like my, shin, but also I don't, I don't have it now. I've got my those. Calf, my knee, the ball doesn't hurt when it hits those spots as much, you know, the yeah. ankle that exposed bone <whistles> mm, just makes you want to go home and cry. Yeah. <laughs> Liam, what do you got to say? You're a resident goalie. You're a resident goalie. What do you have to yeah. say about that? Uh, the pads for goaltenders.
1: He's, yeah, he's I just don't know. wear the pad more lock. the better.
0: Keep all the balls out.
1: Uh, exactly. More things. <laughs> for the ball your shirt to with the... pillows. Take up more space. Yeah. I'd put a frame bag if it could, or pad up the bike a bit. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea with just the steering arm. But I would be like, I might as well just do both arms. fair enough you know toppling over on either side or um but yeah definitely the ankle protection if you're going to be taking a lot of shots on that one side if there was like some sort of um i don't know if you need to like get some large boots or anything but just something like a i don't know if they make like a ankle guard like that
0: well we have a couple players in Ottawa who rock steel toes when they're playing (laughs) we actually have two yeah but it's not so much the toes toes. it's it's
1: that it's the sort of ball of your ankle on the left side yes or on the right side rather where if they yeah, have the ball hits that it's it's going to hurt and i've hit you know a lot of i've done that to a lot of people <laughs> <And> it always <laughs> sucks you always feel bad you always feel they like, just you know, crumple
0: i've seen it happen to them yeah. they just instantly fall off their bike sideways like a dog playing dead i right, that's the end of our emails huh
1: that's the mailbag yeah
0: all right your point upgrade report alex oh. what are you doing your bike there's a lot going on
2: yeah, there's a lot. Um, my bike has been in the shop since the last episode. Uh, I'm told it's almost fully together and apparently it looks really dang good. So I am I am just so excited to get it back. Like, yeah, it's it I can't wait. I'm just basically we're just waiting on a couple of drivetrain stuff because because I want to use these ridiculous carbon carbon wheels uh we've we, they had to order some adapters that are taking a couple weeks to get in so i'm still waiting for those it's a matter of time everything else it's just a matter of time and i am like i'm counting down the days it's warming up enough that i i honestly think when i get the bike back i'm gonna rearrange the entire garage and try to make a little training area in there so that i can actually like stick handle and do some endos and just like i i realized these april tournaments are coming up fast and i I'm planning to play on them on a bike that like I've never ridden yet. Like, you know, I got to get comfortable on this. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm excited. I hope you do find a nice place to shovel out. I'm going to come down to Toronto and practice with you in the warm weather. If that's the case. Yeah. There
2: there is a tennis court, like two or three blocks from my house that is pavement and it has a perfect fence. It's basically a little Evitron Tremblay um, park. Like it's, it's actually pretty ideal. Uh, the tennis nets are down. There's like a big concrete pad next to it. I think I'm just going to shovel that out and, you know, I can't imagine the tennis people are going to be fighting me for that space. Anytime there's soon. snow on the edges. There's still snow on Absolutely. the Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh, I've also been doing a few upgrades to my bike. I got recently some Onyx hubs coming in the mail that I'm pretty stoked about. I didn't realize this until I was ordering them, but they actually do custom laser etching for free on their <laughs> hubs. So I got some bike pole Ottawa logos etched into my hubs, which I think is pretty cool. And then I got the Velocity Illyrian rims, got some tires to throw on there, and just really went to town with these new wheels. And on top of that all, at Alex's house waiting for me, there is a nice new fork. I'm going to try going through axle in the front. But I'm a bit scared of that because I am worried. Bruce said this to me the other day. He was saying, well, what if you break your wheel at a tournament? Like, no one's going to be able to lend you a wheel anymore. Yeah. I mean, through, through axle is like, it's not that, don't worry. It's I'm not exactly. Like, don't crazy. worry. I've already talked to my mad scientist, machinist friend, and he's going to make me some custom adapters that I can bring with me and thread into my fork so they can take a QR axle whenever my wheel breaks. that will just be the weird thing I bring to the nice. tournament with me. A little yeah. Ziploc baggie <laughs> with a, these two adapters. That's a good one.
2: That's a really good one. Yeah,
0: It's pretty cool. Actually. I didn't realize he made those, but they just screw right into the fork and they take a QR axle. So it turns your hub into uh your fork into a QR hub fork.
1: How convenient.
0: Very cool. So yeah, that's the update. I'm really excited to play on it when the snow melts and it can't come soon enough. I'll be honest. I'm being honest.
2: honest. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing was I got the the boot knives in. I put a post on Instagram about that, but looking forward to putting those rotor guards on the bike. When I get back, knives. that's going to be exciting. And I'm still figuring out what I'm going to do for my break. I haven't decided. I've been putting it off. I've got the BB seven. I've got an SLX break. I kind of want, I might buy a Saint. I might get a, I might get a haze. I got to decide. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Well, I haven't done shit all to my bike because all of my mechanics, all of my energy has been put into keeping my work bike on the road because, uh, the winters are brutal and punishing to bikes.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. You've gone through a bike already. Eh? Didn't your other bike break?
1: (laughs) Well, I realized that a free hub and very cold temperatures don't mix well especially when there's water no. involved. So uh, fixie it is.
2: <laughs> Honestly, fixie is like the only reliable brake you can have in the winter.
1: Yeah. Cause your uh, room brakes don't in the do winter shit. anyway. It's, yeah. it's the best way I've discovered in the roundabout way.
2: <laughs> yeah. My, uh, when I, when I was a student in Ottawa, my commuter bike was a free wheel or a free hub. And in, when it got below minus yeah. 20, the poles wouldn't come out unless you kick them so it was like the best anti-theft <laughs> device because if anyone jumped on my bike yeah. like the pedals would just yeah, spin, yeah. none of the poles would engage but you so you had to like kick the wheel you had to like start pedaling and then kick kick the hub the poles would engage and you could ride it like a fixie yeah. as long as you don't coast because as yeah, soon as it's you coast <laughs> you have to kick it again to get the poles to engage <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the, that's the
1: uh, problem i have not yeah. good. When
2: it, you're... It, it felt like it felt like engaging the clutch and like you know yeah. go like it was it was pretty pretty this funny but
1: thing
0: I, <laughs> I was like why is that guy riding kicking his bike
1: yeah, yeah. And you're like swearing like piece of fucking
0: shit. that's not a horse it's not gonna go fast if you kick it yeah. dude <laughs> well, anyways i think that's the end of our podcast this week anything else you want to say
2: i'm just so excited to get playing tournaments and pick up and like uh, I would just say for anyone else, like we're we're trying to ramp up some of the uh, YouTube and video content. So if you're going to a tournament, I know everyone, uh, the Puerto Rico Tropicana is coming up uh, this weekend. I think if you're going like film stuff, send us videos, let us know. I want to know how it goes.
0: Yeah, that's a great thing. And you know what? Also, if you're still listening to this podcast, you know, over an hour into it. You probably like this podcast quite a bit. So why not write us an email at the Northside Polo Podcast at gmail.com? That's Northside Polo Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to read your questions, witty comments, yeah. arguments on air and talk about them. It makes our lives so much better when we have great emails like the ones we had this week. Also, Why not leave us a rating and review on whatever application you're listening on, whether that's Spotify or Apple or Anchor or whatever it is. If that rating's there, it helps us out a lot, makes our podcast more visible. might even attract some people that have never heard about Bike Polo before. So do your part and leave us a rating and review. We'd love that. Until next time, look at BipoleCalendar.com, pick a tournament you want to go to, and go there. Bye for now. Hell yeah. Do it! Bye.
1: Vice Yo, Goldilocks, where the crew? What's a boss supposed to do? Meet you on the polo court. You like YOLO rock that score Take the mallet in your righty and the left squeeze breaky tidy You are high and mighty every Thursday nighty Wheeling, jousting 3v3, come on rip that PBC Our I grab a brew let that conversation stew wonder where the
0: cuckoo flew that bird up in hillcrest